Well, hello, and welcome to the Word of Life Ministry Podcast. Our church is located at 1600 Conley Road in Conley, Georgia. Today's message is from our Wednesday night Bible study. We hope that this message blesses you as much as it did our congregation. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, I give honor to God um, for allowing me just to be able to see the dawn of another day. I thank God for who he is in my life and the lives of my family. I give honor to our pastors, Elder Dr. Shelley D. Boone II and Elder Dr. Jackie, to all of the ministers, the elders, the evangelists, the preachers, the teachers, and to the laypersons, um, all of our guests. And I give honor to my mom for um, being on the line tonight to support as well as my godmother, Etta. I love you both, and I appreciate you always supporting me in ministry. I'm not going to be before you long. Um, Tonight I am going to be coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, and I'm going to read a few verses into your hearing. Um, So Matthew, chapter 23, and I'm going to begin at the first verse. Um, I'm going to be reading the English Standard Version. And the Bible reads, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees, sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their fingers. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their flarities broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. I've read into your hearing Matthew 23, verses 1 through 8. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you of humble heart, mind, and spirit. We thank you for yet another opportunity to share in the blessing share in this time of study, share in your word. I ask that you would lead God and direct us all, Lord God. Father, I ask that you would anoint my lips, Lord God, that you would strengthen my heart and my mind, Lord God, that I may preach the word as you would have me to preach it, that I will teach in a way that even a child can understand. And I pray, Lord God, that each person under the sound of my voice, each person that will listen to this recording, Lord God, will hear from you, that we may all be forever changed. I ask now, Lord God, that you would help me to decrease, that your Holy Spirit may increase in me, that I can be used as the vessel that you have called me to be. And I pray these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight I would like to use for a subject, practice what you preach. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not get jittery. All right. So preaching is a calling. It's a calling not to be taken lightly. 
The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. The word also affirms that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, those of us who accept the call, we have to ensure we're doing the work of the Lord for God's glory and not to glorify ourselves. Jesus, as we um, explore the scriptures, he's the ultimate example for us to follow as it relates to preaching. We see that he has this unique and awesome way of using parables, and he uses parables in such a significant way that it engages our imagination, and rather than um, those parables affirming our way of thinking, his parables often make us uncomfortable and unsettle us in our spirit. They challenge our way of thinking. They challenge our way of behaving, and they lead us to a place of reflection and self-examination. It leads us to understand God. It also helps us to understand ourselves and others. A good example of this is um, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and they dragged her out to stone her. And Jesus simply says to the people, um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And so the people, they stood there with their stones, and one by one, the crowd began to drop their stones and fade away into the, in, into the atmosphere because that simple statement that, God, that Jesus spoke caused them to look at themselves and recognize their mistakes, their imperfections, before they could cast judgment and stone this woman. And Jesus, he had a way of um, speaking these types of parables to the people to cause them to just get uncomfortable in their way of thinking and uncomfortable in their way of behaving and their way of judging one another and to self-examine and self-reflect first before they could convict another person. See, Jesus' way of teaching us invites us to examine ourselves to ensure that our, our convictions our beliefs, our moral um, fibers are tied into our eternal purpose because our goal or the goal of preaching is to preach life into ourselves and to others. Preaching is a tool that helps to lead us to eternal life. That's what preaching is all about. Preaching is about sharing the truth of the gospel in such a way that it doesn't um, make people happy all the time and make people feel like everything that they're doing is right, right? It doesn't make people comfortable in their skin. Rather, it brings a moment of self-reflection. It brings a moment of discomfort. It, it does what Elder Brown likes to say. It makes you say, ouch. And then you just take a step back and you look at some things and you repent and you make some changes. Preaching should make us think about if our walk is aligned with God's word. So we preach because of our design. God called us all to minister in some way, say, um, some way, shape, fashion, form, or other. He has called us all to minister. We're all ministers of the gospel that profess to be a child of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that you are ordained with a title next to your name, um, that, and it doesn't require you to be ordained with a title um, 
sent by your name for you to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and help to lead a brother or sister or a youth in the things of the Lord or a family member in the things of the Lord. Ministry comes in different forms. Ministry comes in the form of our testimony. Um, It comes in the form of sharing a scripture or the word, um, an impartation of God's word when we see a brother or sister going down the wrong path or we see them grieving or we see them struggling. Um, It comes in the form of passing out a track that um, talks about how to arrive at the place of salvation. Ministry and preaching looks so many different ways. And the Bible tells us, to go out and make disciples. We're designed to evangelize and to preach the gospel once we come into Christ. That's our purpose, to make sure that we are sharing the glory of God and preaching the glory of God one to another and holding each other accountable in the things of the Lord. Okay, so that's the first thing. The first thing is we preach because it's our um, – we preach – Because after salvation, that is our design. That's what we are designed to do, okay? We also preach for the needs of others, okay? The disciples took every opportunity to lead others to Christ and, you know, to help others to follow Christ, and they um, did everything that they could also to hold each other accountable in the things of Christ. Notice in the Bible when you see the disciples, um, the you see them being sent out. They're never sent out individually. They're always sent out in twos. They're sent out in pairs to go to the different areas to minister and to spread the gospel. And I believe that was done for there to be a level of accountability so that they could um, help each other to stay on the path um, toward righteousness, that they could remind each other and strengthen each other in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron, and so should one sharpen the countenance of his friend. And I believe we see that in the um, in the behaviors and the way that the disciples went out and spread the gospel throughout the land by going out in twos. So when we preach, there all there should always be a level of accountability among um, those that preach, regardless of whether you have a title or whether you are a lay person um, spreading the gospel through just, um, you know, regular interactions. You know, we have to have a level of of accountability, which is why leadership is so important. It's so important to have a church home. It's so important to to uh, do small groups and to do Bible study and these different things because we have to make sure that we have a full understanding of God's word and that we have someone that we can um, run ideas across and we can discuss the scriptures with and and gain deeper understanding and um, make sure that we are interpreting scripture the correct way and teaching the same way. Um, It's just like if you're in a small group and you're sitting down um, with your group and something, you you don't understand something or someone in the group doesn't understand something because there are several of you there, there is always, there will always be someone in there that can provide some type of, provide explanation or that you can explore and dig deep with, or you can go back to, or you have a place to go back to, meaning you can go back to your church or you can go back to your leadership and you can discuss and examine um, what the text is saying to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what God's word is teaching us and um, 
as it relates to expectations of behavior and things of that nature. You see, the disciples took every opportunity to lead others to Christ, and we as followers of Christ, we're expected to do the same. Preaching should be a way of life. Preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, is it's, it's, it's supposed to be our lifestyle. We're not called to sugarcoat the word, nor are we called to judge others or beat them over the head with the Bible, but we are called to show others the glory of God through the way that we live, all right? Which brings me to my next point. We preach for God's fame. We preach for his glory, not for our own, all right? Um, so Dr. Jackie, last week, she told us how we go about preaching. She told us that we should do so with authority. She let us be known that we have to preach the pure, unadulterated word of God, um, not adding anything to it, not twisting it up, not catering to the itchy ears of the people. Like Jesus, we have to ensure that the way we live, act, and behave, that means in your home, that means in your workplace, that means in your community, that means at your family gatherings, you are to demonstrate a lifestyle that aligns with the word of God. We do not bring glory to God when there's no distinction between us and the world. I'm going to say that again. You cannot bring glory to God when people can't tell you apart from the people of this world. How can people see what God is capable of if your changes only apply to you on Sunday morning in the pulpit or when you're sitting in the church pew? If you are the nicest, sweetest person and you are butterflies and sunshine when you're in the house of God, you need to be the nicest, sweetest person and butterflies and sunshine when you're at, uh, at the, uh, the family picnic. Um, you shouldn't turn into Miss Nasty. You shouldn't be cursing nobody out. You shouldn't um, get to a point where you're not talking to your family members or you can't communicate. You can't operate in love. You're better than or you're higher than or they this and they that. That shouldn't be you. That shouldn't be you because your life has to preach the same thing that you believe, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, they judged Jesus for sitting down with the tax collectors, and the Pharisees did this. They they found a problem with him sitting with the the tax collectors and, and him standing up for people and him healing on the Sabbath and him doing good. They had a problem with him doing good. They judged him for doing good. They condemned him for doing good because he broke um, tradition and their laws. They were so caught up in being religious, and they were so caught up in appearances that they, they, they sentenced the Savior to be crucified because of him going against the grain and him doing good, him living a life that glorified the Father. That's ultimately what led to the crucifixion of our Savior, okay? So we have to be careful that we are not allowing our behaviors to shift and transition um, like, you know, we can't be lukewarm. We can't be lukewarm. We can't be one way when we're in the church and then another way when we step outside those doors. We can't be one way we're on a speaking platform or on a podcast or a guest at another church to speak and and preach and all this stuff, and then 
when um, our back, when somebody, when the preacher's back, the your leader's back is turned, or um, the people that you go to church with aren't looking, you turn into this nasty person, or you turn into something that is not a reflection of God's word. How can we show God's power if we're ruled by the flesh and not by the spirit? See, that's the that's what happens. That's what we see in the text. We see in um, verse, I think it was verse two, where he says. Um, but not the works they do. He tells them, he said, do and observe what they tell you, what they tell you, because they were talking right, right? He said, do and observe what they tell you. So do what they tell you, what they're saying, do that. And it says, for they preach, but do not practice. So they were preaching the right thing, but their lifestyle was not aligning with what was coming out of their mouth. And as preachers, we have to be careful of that. As laypersons, we have to be careful of that. As Christians, as people who who profess Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we have to be careful not to allow our words to say one thing and our actions to say another. Uh, many of you have probably heard this before, actions speak louder than words. Our actions tell us or tell others who, what our character is. Our actions tell people who we really are. We can say something till we blew in the face, but if our actions don't line up with what's coming out of our mouths, then we've created a contradiction. There's a problem. Something's off there, and we have to be mindful of that. We have to fix that. As preachers, we preach for God's glory, not our own. When preaching becomes about being seen or having a fancy title, that's a problem. When preachers self-appoint themselves as apostles and elders and ministers or whatever title they deem fit without going through the proper channels, you see we have taken away God's glory. We are self-proclaiming ourselves to be something. We want um, the platform. We want the title, but we don't want to do the labor. We don't want to sit under someone. We don't want to uh, have a leader over us holding us accountable. We don't want someone um, telling us that this is the right way. We don't. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about becoming or being ordained into um, a position or title. For us with degrees, we become, we get our bachelor's degree, our master's degree, our doctoral degree. We got to go through a certain amount of schooling before we can earn the, go from an undergraduate to, from the title of undergraduate to a graduate, from graduate to a PhD. We have to put in our time. We have to go through our schooling. We can't just come one day and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a graduate. We can't just say one day, I'm an apostle and there, there has been no laying on of hands. There's been no appointment. There's been no leadership elevating you. We have to go through the proper channels or we take away God's glory. We, we have to do things in decency and in order. Moments like these, we're operating out of order. And we can also place ourselves in a position God didn't call us to and in doing so, you can wreak havoc in someone else's life because we're out of position. We're out of position. It's just like, well, what we know is each position 
that um, each position that we are ordained in or each position that a person is ordained in, it serves a purpose. We know that the evangelist is the one that goes out and spreads the gospel. We know that the apostle is the one that makes sure like the churches are in order. We know that the preacher, he runs the church and makes sure things are right and there. We know that the teacher has a responsibility. We know that each person has a certain responsibility. And if you get ahead of God and you self-proclaim or you put yourself in a position that God didn't call you to and you start, like people that start churches without um, without a covering and nobody appointing them or ordaining them to go out and, and say, you're ready, you know, the Lord has revealed to me that you're ready, now go, you know, and they go and start a church and things are just falling apart in the church. All kind of things are going on. They don't know how to run the church. Stuff is out of order. People out of order. Things out of order. That's because God didn't call them to do it. And then people come into that church thinking that they're coming to get healed and coming to find the Lord. And then the next thing you know, they find themselves in a place of chaos. And then they, next thing you know, they're running from God. And then they're blaming the church. When, or, and then they're upset with God when really God didn't have anything to do with it. It's us stepping out of God's will and doing something out of order. Which brings me back to our subject and the text for this evening. We got to practice what we preach. We cannot just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers also. The Pharisees, they held titles. They held positions. They quoted the text. And they did it well. They did it whereas people looked at them and they thought that they had it all together. They preached the word, but they didn't live it out. They didn't practice the things of God. And the Bible says that you shall know them by their fruit. And so we as laymen, we as preachers, we all have a responsibility to seek true preaching. We all have a responsibility to seek the truth of God's word. And we have to be mindful and we have to be careful not to sit under false theology. We have to make sure that we're checking the fruit of the leaders and the televangelists and everybody else that we're listening to to make sure that they are operating in the gifts and the things of God, that they are speaking and teaching and preaching sound doctrine sound theology, that they are spreading the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to make sure that we're doing the same. We have to not only um, share the gospel of Jesus Christ through our lips, but we also have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through our living, through our living, because our lifestyle preaches louder than any thing that we say out of our mouths. People watch us. It starts with even a great example is children. When you're raising children and you're raising babies, and I, and I use this as an example because this, I think, is the, um, the most simplistic example that I can provide that will make it all make sense. If you're a smoker and you're raising children and you tell your kids, don't smoke, it's not good for you. And your children watch you for 20 years smoking cigarettes. 
But you tell your children every day, don't smoke. Smoking's not good for you. And then around 12 or 13, you catch your child smoking, and then you inflict punishment and a consequence on them for catching them smoking, and you tell them, you know you're not allowed to smoke. Smoking's not good for you. And then they become an adult, and you're no longer the authority over them. They can do what they want to do. They don't need your permission to smoke. And you see that they have developed a habit of smoking. And you, as their parent, you still say to them, I, taught, I didn't raise you to smoke. I told you that smoking was not good for you, and you're doing it anyway. Your life, what, they, what they followed is not what you said. They didn't just, they didn't listen to what you said. They watched your actions. They watched your deeds. And in their mind, they taught themselves, well, if mama can do it or if daddy can do it, well, shoot, I can do that too. She not dead. It didn't kill her. It's not, she not sick. So I guess it's not as bad as she makes it out to be. And that's what happens. Children and people, not just children, but people, we rationalize things based off of what we see. So if someone is a preacher or preaching the gospel or coming to us and sharing the gospel with us and telling us that God is a healer, but every time we get sick, the first thing we want to do is complain about how sick we are. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sick. I, I this, I that, and it's no fire, no faith. You know, it's just a whole bunch of murmuring and complaining about everything that we're dealing with with the illness, you know, and every time that person see you, all they hear you talking about is how, miserable you are and how sick you are, it's, it, it kind of sends a contradicting message to the person that you're trying to witness to. But if they see you and they know that you, and, you know, and it's all said and done and you say, you know what, they be like, well, I miss you, sister, so-and-so. I haven't seen you um, at work for, I haven't seen you at, at work for a while. And you're like, yeah, um, I was, I was out or whatever, but, um, I was fighting this, but God is good because I had, the doctor said this, this, and this, and you're, testi- you're testifying about the goodness of God, and you're not complaining and, and, and whining and acting like, you, you know, like your God doesn't have no power. It sends a different message. It sends a different message. You know, we have to be careful about how we show up for God. And we have a responsibility to show up for God each and every time. And we are human. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We don't always get it right. I get that. But we have to be conscious of how we do things and how we say things, and we have to be intentional in our, um, in our demonstration of what Christ looks like in our lives. We have to be conscious of that. That's not to say, and I'm not saying, I didn't use that example about sickness to say that when you get sick, you can't go to the elders of the church, you can't seek prayer and things like that. But I do feel like, you know, we have to be careful not to, we also need to be careful about um, who we who um, we ask to pray for us and things like that. I do feel like we need to be careful about that because we want to make sure that there's fruit there. You got to check the fruit of people. Check the fruit of the people that you're going to tell that you're sick. Check the fruit of the people that you're going to go and share your problems with. You know, if everything in life knocks you down and that's what you're sharing to the world, this knocks me down, that knocks me down, you know, everything, everything is a challenge, then 
how's God getting the glory out of that? Because when we serve a God that's a God that's all-powerful, we serve a God that's capable, we serve a God that's able, then we should be able to say in the face of adversity that I can count it all joy, the trials and tribulations in my life, because I know that my God is able. I know that my God is going to get me through this. I know that my God got my back. You should be able to look back into the archives and find something that you've been through that's similar and remember that God brought you out of that and be able to testify that I've been down that road once and I know that God will do it again. Or you should be able to look over to the left or the right into sister so-and-so's life and say, well, I remember when Dr. Jackie had open heart surgery and the Lord brought her through that. If he could do that for her, he can do the same for me so I can walk in victory knowing that it is already done. I can walk in victory knowing that this is going to be all right. We have to be able to get into a position to be like Hezekiah and just draw an account of the things that we've done in um in glory to glorify the Lord here on earth and know that he can add the years and know that we can have faith like the woman with the issue of blood and say, you know, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that he can make me whole. That's what preaching looks like with our lives. We have to get to a place where we're not always portraying these people that are knocked down and weak because we're not. We are powerful. We have the authority. We have, And it's all in the faith that we have in our Father, the faith that we have in God and his ability to do the impossible. And we got to get to a place where we remember who we serve and what he's capable of. Your life has to preach. We can't just walk around speaking it. We got to practice what we preach. We have to practice speaking um, life into our situation. We have to practice lifting one another up. We have to practice loving each other. We have to practice forgiveness. We can't just talk forgiveness and, and preach forgiveness and pray forgiveness, but then when we see that um, aunt or uncle or brother or sister or that cousin or that friend that dogged us out 20 years ago and still have animosity in our heart and be like, mm, I'm not speaking to them. They don't speak first. I ain't got nothing to say. No, that's not of God. That's not preaching the gospel of Christ. That's not demonstrating Christ with our lives. And it's one thing for us to hear it. It's one thing for us to to say it and for us to observe it, but you have to practice it. You have to practice it. And, again, for those of us that are in leadership and that are preachers, we're called to a higher responsibility, and there's a higher level of accountability for us. So we have to remember not to be like um, what we see in the text where we see that the people, they wanted the – they love being in the places of honor at the feast and having the best seats in the, in, in the synagogues. And they love the greetings in the marketplace and having the titles and all that stuff, right? We, we got to get past that because it's not about your title. It's not about your seat. It's not about you being in the front. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's what my Bible tells me. So we have to make sure that we're not chasing the title and all that stuff. We have to remember what verse 8 said. He said, you are not to be called rabbi, for you have for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. 
We're all brothers and sisters in this walk, regardless of title, regardless of position, regardless of ordination, regardless of whether you are an apostle or you are a layman. We are all brothers and sisters. And the ultimate teacher, the ultimate preacher, our father, is the one who gets the glory. Our Father is the one that we are preaching for. And if your life is not preaching Christ, if your mouth is doing lip service but your life is not backing it up, then you need to examine yourself today and see what you need to get in order. If you have unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, you're not preaching you're not practicing what you're preaching. If you have a person in your family that you're not speaking to because of something that they have done or something that was uncomfortable, you need to lay your gifts at the altar and go work that thing out. Ask God to forgive you and forget, forget forgiveness for that person or forgive that person and move forward so that God can use you to your full capacity. We have to examine ourselves each and every day, and we have to preach to preach the gospel with our lives greater than we do our words. And that is how we practice what we preach. Amen. We really hope that you enjoyed today's message and that it was truly a blessing to your soul. We would like to thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. God bless you and have a wonderful day.